Welcome, everybody. I am your host, Dali Rivera. Welcome to the Veterans Radio Show. And uh, if you're watching from Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, LinkedIn, Amazon Live, or anywhere, uh, we're very grateful for your presence. Feel free to please chime in, send in those comments while we're live. We love receiving them. Um, but if this is your first time watching, this is a Veterans Radio Show. And without you, we would not be able to have this segment. So hit that subscribe button and please share this episode with another veteran. and Let's hear your thoughts in the comments. We love seeing those questions. Um, so today uh, we have a very special guest. Her name is Crystal Hillsley, and uh, she's going to tell us a little bit about how she's supporting our community. So without further ado, here is Crystal. Thanks so much Thanks. for having me. It's great to connect with you guys this way. Likewise, thank you so much for making time to come and share about this wonderful, amazing thing that you're doing. So tell us a little bit about what that amazing thing is and give us a little background about how you got started with it. Where did the idea come from? So Crystal Clear Nutrition Group is my baby. It's my passion. It's something that I've also been developing sort of over my lifetime, I would say. As a little girl, I grew up and had what you would call a chef's garden in our backyard with fruit trees and strawberry patches. And it was quite literally go and play outside. And if you're hungry, dig up a carry and drink from the hose. Um, and it, you know, it really subsidized our grocery bill as well. I was raised by a single parent. And so I went to school and uh, actually got my undergrad in psychology. And so I'm wildly fascinated by sort of how we, you know, develop and come together in community. And, and I'm a lifelong student. And so, uh, you know, from, from birth to about seven years old, we're in our subconscious programming stage. And it's really nature's way, biology's way of ensuring that we are protected and can survive in the environment that we live in. Unfortunately, it kind of can solidify some good and some bad habits. And so through my own experience with having whole foods and eating extremely healthy, I dodged a lot of, um, you know, really uh, bad, you know, diseases. I never really got sick. And then I went to college and I had my first experience with eating cafeteria food. And I also, you know, worked at an Italian restaurant and ate fresh raviolis and pizza. And not only did I put on a freshman 50 pounds, but I got really depressed and I had cystic acne and I felt, you know, I couldn't focus in school. And just like that first summer, by the time that first summer came, I was really struggling. And my mom, who's a nurse, uh, and my stepdad's an anesthesiologist, they were a bit like, you know, what's going on? And it really came down to my diet, right? Our diet affects so much. And also that first year in school is quite stressful as much as most freshmen would city. But nonetheless, once I kind of settled at home that summer, I went back to my mom's cooking and eating from a garden. You know, I my, my eyes were brighter. My skin was clear. I could think better. I was sleeping better. The depression ebbed away and the weight fell off too. And so that's just sort of part of the journey. And there were some other experiences as well. So sort of over the last six or seven years, I've worked in both corporate development in order to support my family and, and be in the workforce. Uh, but I always kind of had this passion looming in the background, like how do I educate people? How do I support my own community right here at home? So I've done various talks at my own local grocery stores and natural food stores and farmers markets and things of that nature. And so that just sort of organically grew into, okay, well, this fascinates me. How do I give people experiences with where their food comes from so that they can have that same foundation that I did as, as a little girl that's led to my, um, you know, experience with with great health and, and which I'm passing on to my kids now, you know, so I develop and I monetize 
micro farms, which can be, you know, as small as a quarter of an acre. I, I create community gardens and I work in a variety of sectors. But I think from a patriotic standpoint and having family members in the military, I think it's just, you know, we've got to support our own community. And growing food isn't hard, but it can't take one person. We need, you know, a group of us to come together. So I'm saying, hi, I'm Crystal. I can design it for you. I can help you find funding for it. There's a number of grants out there, especially being you know, veterans. There's access to so much government funding that can support the building of that garden. And then I can bring together and rally the community and create marketing programs and brand it and pull everybody together. I mean, they're proving, you know, whether it's a rooftop or if it's, um, you know, there's, there's a great case study recently of one, and I want to say it's Detroit, but I could be wrong, but it's something like Detroit or Philadelphia where they have uh, a two acre community garden and it feeds 40,000 homes. Mm-hmm. And so just by having, you know, the psychology behind having our hands in the dirt and, and absorbing, you know, those microbes and it going and, and healing our guts and, and just coming together with your neighbor and saying, Hey, I grew up, you know, a lot of tomatoes and you've got green beans, let's trade. And you really come together and get to work with your neighbors that, you know, you're in the sunshine it reduces depression and, and it reduces stress and it, and it brings us together. And I think in times like these, we've all gotten the message that's important. Our taking care of our health and taking care of our community and, and each other is at the forefront. So I, I absolutely utilize and seeing some great messages come up here. Promo culture is amazing. Yes, it, a thousand percent is because it's a it's sustainability is at, at its finest. It, it, everything leads into each other. So there's absolutely no waste. And so, you know, we use chickens uh, to go into kind of, uh, you know, scrape into the soil to aerate it a bit. We use worms to create that great, beautiful black soil uh, with, with the worm castings. Uh, and that's what it really comes down to. So I know I kind of went on a, a, a quite a, a long story there, but that really encapsulates as a whole what I'm doing. Yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. I love that story, especially because you gave us some insight as to what happens when you go from eating healthy and organic, like truly organic to the processed stuff. And I think a lot of people don't believe it because they don't hear enough of stories from people like you who have actually lived it. And um, it's a huge change. I know that I've tried it before changing that, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. from going from like the normal way that I've eaten to eliminating all that stuff and it's incredible how much my body changed in just a matter of one month like less inflammation and like you said the skin Mm -hmm. problems and my energy level my sleep and everything but what i really love here is that you said you can help people plan out what they want how to how to do it the marketing plan um and grants and i thought as soon as you said that i thought wait a minute i've never heard of grants being available for something like this. Mm -hmm. So are these grants available for businesses to start a garden or is this for private individuals like you, like me and you and Joe and everybody else? So I would say that, you know, there are a variety of grants out there and twofold. I I couldn't, I'm not an expert on grants. First, let me just be very clear on that. I'm not your grant expert. So if anybody wants to reach out to me, I can assist with the support of 
finding the funding and the first thing that you need when you're you know in corporate development and you're and you're creating a plan is you have to say okay what is it that we're going to create so then we can then tr attract investors now that can come from private capital but when we're looking at grants for veterans i think it's well known that there are a lot of grants for veteran businesses and there's a lot of tax credits and things of that nature uh, but for community gardens specifically there's a lot of local state and national uh, support to help have the funds to set those those projects up. Um, I'm actually in training right now to become a master gardener. If anybody knows about the Master Gardener Association, our entire focus is around education um, and 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 it's supporting people and learning how to you know grow anything. Right. That's 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 the the goal of the entire nonprofits. Uh, you know, um, organization. That's the the goal. Pardon me of the of the nonprofits um, focus. So. Uh, you know, the grants, it, it really depends on, um, you know, what we what we create as a focus for the garden. If it was for, let's just say, for example, for a VA hospital, uh, we were to say, you know, we want we have an area here that we can create a community garden and utilize permaculture concepts, which are fantastic. Uh, but we would want to put that package in front of it saying, OK, here's where the garden's going to be. Here's how much money we're going to need. This is what we're going to spend the money on. These are the other resources that we need. And we would package that up and we would put that in front of, um, you know, the grant committee that looks specifically at number one, community gardens and number two at uh, what what access to funds that veterans have as it relates to grants. And then that money would then be distributed to, to assist in the support of building it because it does take money, of course, to, to get anything set up. Cars need gas. Oh yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Crystal. Um, so Crystal, if uh, there's somebody watching right now and they wanna reach out to you, like how, what is the process and how do they contact you and what does, what does it look like to work with you? Is it a certain amount of time or is it based on, uh, on other requirements. So uh, number one, my website, super, super simple. It's crystalclearnutritiongroup.com. And there's some previous examples of work that I've done. And, and there's a contact form. Um, I work in a couple of different sectors. I work with lifestyle resorts. I work in real estate. Uh, I work with hospitality. And, and as I said at the beginning of the show, you know, I'm, I'm I, from a patriotic standpoint and having members in the military, I would love to support hospitals or any type of veteran community center in uh, in creating and developing a garden because somebody's in the hospital, right? Where they're there for whatever it may be, they need the right food to help them heal. And they're proving through various models across the country now that the hospitals that actually have fresh food and fresh gardens, that those patients are healing faster. And I think that's important for that to go to the members that have served our country first. Um, and, 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 you know, they, 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 they should have sort of first dibs on that. Mm -hmm. um, so the second part of the question as to sort of um, what capacity it looks like to work with me. So I run an agency. I, I don't necessarily call myself an expert in sustainability, but sustainability is at the forefront front of everything that I build and create. So we've got the, you know, United, United Nations Sustainability Development Goals, right, uh, you know, at the kind of the forefront of, of hitting 2030 and trying to make as many sectors as we can sustainable. And number 12 is on-site food production, because that's reducing greenhouse gases. So I create the on-site food production, potentially as a partner, right, as a developer of, of working on location and saying, okay, Okay, you know, I could be uh, a general partner or a limited partner coming in, and this is like a joint venture. I could be hired as a consultant. That's usually the most sort of straightforward way to look at it and say, okay, I'm going to help you develop the plan and 
find the piece of land and do the marketing as we said at the beginning. Um, so it's typically those two capacities is I either put the developer hat on and say, okay, this is what we're going to create. And then I find, you know, if, if they're going to be, you know, wanting to incorporate other sustainability elements, for example, I'm working on a project here locally, I live in San Diego, and they want to do green roofs. Well, I'm not the green roof expert. I know that the benefits of it, but I have people in my network that work under my agency, that they'll install the green roofs. So that's just, you know, one example. And so those green roofs reduce heating costs, etc. So these gardens are really going to do the same thing. So there's a lot of, you know, major benefits that when we're putting this plan together, whether I'm acting as a developer and sort of taking um, sort of ownership in the project, or if I'm just simply acting as a consultant, which again, is pretty straightforward, that all of these benefits really lead to a powerful storytelling process to support us in getting any funds that we need, whether it's from, um, you know, government funds, USDA, um, you know, any funds that are specific, again, to veterans and, and things of that nature. Yeah, wow. You know, I was looking through your website earlier, and I also noticed that I mean, you've mentioned a few of these, but I want to make sure sure people hear it you do program design project development supervision and oversight mm -hmm. microfarm design and programming nutritional guidelines which is so important and menu design as well as education and i love that because i'm thinking about what you said earlier right like our veterans need better nutrition i have mm -hmm. been to the hospital because my husband has a, a lot of health issues um, so he's very well acquainted with the VA system and he's had to stay at the hospital for 10 days at a time. And I see oh, wow. the food that is offered to them and he's diabetic too. So he's got all these conditions and then I see what yeah. is being provided and you can clearly see that they're just going for that low bitter, you know, who can provide whatever food is good enough. But then I also, yeah. go, I go down to the cafe or next to the cafe there'll be like maybe a, an outside vendor and all of the food that i see there is so horrible and i'm not a perfect mm -hmm. eater I, like i have work to do but <laughs> i look at that i'm like how do we expect our veterans to get better if the hospital food is not good it's it's not healthy and um i know that the reason why they do this is to say Save money, but if you, there's experts like you who work with hospitals and help them save the money, and then I mean, just to grow their own food, be able to feed our veterans um, with this nutrition, nutritious food, they can save so much money. And yeah. you know, small businesses too that support um, veterans with healthcare type of needs as well. I know that people are trying to level up. And this is definitely something that I think a lot of people should consider. Like if you have some type of service where veterans stay, even um, I'm thinking of the the uh, government housing for veterans, you know, for homeless veterans. Yep. It would be amazing. I mean, I get so excited. Yeah, about that community it. garden. Yeah. yeah. Because um, like you said, so many benefits to that, the community, you know, engagement and uh, that sense of like having a purpose to work on something together and so much more. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, and I just want to thank, I uh, see Calvin is on here live watching us. Thank you so much, Melida, um, Julacy. Um, she says, uh, she, I love this segment. I'm all into eating healthier and having healthier lifestyles. And you see, people like you, Crystal, are creating that awareness. And we're very thankful for you because I think that we have gone all these years without really thinking about what we're putting into our mouth because the 
marketing that's done for these you know whoever is behind the money right it's criminal it's it criminal the marketing mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and and so we're fed this idea that this is the one way but then we meet people like you who are doing it differently more affordable and more delicious <laughs> so we really need to um be self-advocates and if you're watching this and you work at a hospital or some kind of organization that you think crystal could be a great asset to bring in and and uh pitch their her her services to your organization to help out our veterans please reach out to her um anything else that you'd like to to mention like if somebody does refer you right now what is the first step that they should expect from you like say if i refer you to the baltimore va here in maryland like you know what should yeah. i what can i tell them or or is there like a kit that you give me to pass on to them how does that work I think the easiest way is to direct them to my website again, because it shows my services. And as you read them off so beautifully, thank you for that. Um, it shows some of my past projects. I need to update my website because I've had quite a bit since then. I mean, you know how it goes as a small business owner. <laughs> everything, everything all at once all the time is important. Um, but I, I, I do have a bit more sort of in my, um, you know, in the history of what I, I've done over like the last three or four years with Crystal Clear Nutrition Group. So um, they could expect absolutely, you know, an immediate phone call back from me or, you know, my email, my phone number is on there. There's a contact form as well. And I would absolutely, you know, connect with them personally, have a call and discover how I can help because each project is is different and unique, you know, and, 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 and we don't know what we're working with until we sort of look at it and start creating that design. The reason that I do menu design is because, um, you know, anybody that's outside of the of the hospitality industry, you know, doesn't know this typically, but you create a menu and then you build the restaurant. That's sort of how it works is, you know, that way first. And so, um, you know, the menus we design and then go, okay, then this is what we're going to grow. And then this is the restaurant that it's going to go. In, and then here's a nutritional guideline. So, you know, hospitals are benefiting from this and that the people that are staying in hospitals, as you just shared with your husband, I think the last time I was in the hospital was, you know, 12 years ago when my daughter was born, but I didn't eat any of the food. I was like, this is, this is terrible. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't feed this to my dog. <laughs> this is not, you know, this is not improving health at all. And so there's enough studies out there now, you know, there's enough data um, to show and to share that when you have fresh on-site food and that the chefs are, you know, creating dishes that are more nutrient dense. They don't need to use a lot of salts and flavoring and preservatives. Um, that it's, you know, not only is that, you know, exciting that the, the, the hospital, you know, people that are staying there, uh, the patients, but it's also, you know, getting them out of those beds faster. So it's really important that this is, you know, an issue that we all sort of look at collectively and say, how can we help? And so, I'm here to absolutely do the design, the menu creation, and um, and have conversations. And if nothing else, to inspire people and to bring communities together so that they can they can grow a garden themselves. Yeah, thank you so much, Crystal. I'm gonna bring in Joe now yeah. because he's got okay. a few words to say. So come on sure. in, Joe. <laughs> Welcome, Welcome, Joe. How are you? I'm doing good, Dali. Thank you very much, and thank you, Crystal, for your uh, awesome information. And uh, oh, as, you, uh, as you and I talked before, we are very strong supporters of veterans in agriculture. We actually have a, a course that we present in, through the universities. Uh, so the veterans become um, uh, farmers and mm -hmm. through sustain sustainability uh, pro uh, projects. So your, your um, expertise will be uh, awesome to have on board. So you and I will be connecting later and see. We, we do have some projects that they may need your consulting advice 
Great. And then we uh, um, um, we're creating projects where we can um, help with the grant writing with you or the funding Great. with you. So we'll collaborate and we are, are looking forward to, uh, um, you know, uh, farming for hospitals, which is huge. And uh, you're in San Diego and our projects are in California. So you are really uh, nearby. So thank you very much for coming to the show and for sharing your information and what you're doing. And to, to remind us how important it is to eat direct from the ground. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> it is. Yeah, no, thank you again for having me. I'm very grateful for the opportunity and, and I'm here to help. So I look forward to future conversations. That's excellent. Thank you very much. Dali? Thank you, guys. Thank you. I have one last question uh, for Crystal. So, okay. Crystal, is there a particular person within the VA healthcare system that we should be talking to about you to say hey? I would say, yeah, anybody that deals with special projects, that's typically what their title would be, it would be something okay. that would be like a special projects type person or somebody that oversees education specifically because uh, there's so much education around the gardens like those two people are sort of looking for ways to expand to get their message and to get more marketing so even the marketing person because you know the programming really means that typically I bring in you know I, I create plans that allow for participation in the garden right so you could have an event where you know, this is our month for tomato plants. And so come and learn how to germinate and then plant the seed and then watch the plant grow and then pick them. And then we're going to make marinara sauce. So it's like, you know, an educational type series. So that's what the programming typically entails. But with the VA, I would imagine that most of it would be, um, you know, no cost or low cost. So yeah, anybody that's really in the marketing or special projects is, is who I would imagine to be with hospitals. Yeah. Great question. Thank you. And, yes. Oh, to share one more thing is like uh, um, as working with the community college and universities, uh, some of them have um, agriculture agricultural programs that uh, I think we can tap into because they teach them how to grow and that kind of part, but they don't teach them the business side of it. And uh, our micro lenders work on that to, you know, once you grow, you can eat, you know, you can only eat so many potatoes only so much zucchini and the rest of it let's make into a business so that's the part that where we come in and help them do that and also provide the funding uh, direct funding through the chamber so they can uh, uh, accomplish that and be able to sell their product to their local uh, markets but we'll talk yeah. more on that for now i think uh, um i'm you know i i'll, I'll stay quiet dali back to you <laughs> thank you joe and thank Thank you again, Crystal. You have brought such valuable source um, information, a resource, and we're very grateful to you. And we're also very grateful for to everyone who tuned in, who shared their comments. We absolutely love uh, watching them come through. And so we're here every Friday at 1 p.m. Thank you so much for joining us and have a wonderful weekend. And stay tuned for our legal well, set coming up with Kelly. Welcome back, Joe. <laughs> Welcome hello, hello. Hi, guys. Okay. Hi. You know, I'm really excited about today's topic. <laughs> You're always excited, darling. <laughs> I, I, like, I love it. Will.
yes i love it yes and thank you uh, uh, kelly again for uh, participation for your participation and you're uh, taking the time to be with us and answering all these questions and i think dali has already a, a laundry list of questions but i would like to start with two things one is the disclaimer from you well first the introduction who you are where you you know all that but then also the disclaimer so we are uh, on on the good terms with the legalities of it and then then we go into and dive in into the questions Fantastic. Yes. I am Kelly Bagler, also known as the Queen of Business Law. I am the founder and CEO of Bagler Law Firm. We are a business formation and asset protection law firm. And I have been practicing for 19, going on 19 years now. And I know I don't look that old. I always say it. <laughs> and um, we, we truly do help our clients achieve whatever goal goal that they're, they're trying to achieve. And disclaimer is that um, any information that I share on the show today with, with everyone and, and people that are listening in and watching, it's only for informational purposes only, and it does not create a, an attorney-client relationship. But we are always happy to help anyone off air. Thank, Thank you, you very so much. much. Mm -hmm. And Dali, what's your first question? Oh, first of all, before you start, Dali, um, let's start with the wills. Yes. Or, uh, um, Kelly, if you can tell us uh, the differences, the different types, when we need them, when we use them, and then Dali has the questions for you. Okay, perfect. And, and I think wills are very, very state-specific. And I'm more than happy to talk on the wills here in California, since that's where we practice. Now, a will is basically a list of wishes and desires of someone that creates the will as to what's going to happen to their assets, their estate. That's what it's known as. Estate includes real property. It includes bank accounts, the cars that you're driving, maybe that favorite piece of jewelry that, that you own antiques, anything put together that this person would own is called an, an estate. So it really, a will is truly just that. It is, this is what my estate is comprised of. This is who I want it to go to. Those are usually the beneficiaries. And also a will will contain uh, specific directions as well. So sometimes a person might say, well, I want uh, the bank account funds only to be used for my grandchildren and only if they go to college and if they don't or trade school. And if they don't, then they don't get that money until they're 30 or 35. I have seen some uh, outlandish uh, requirements, but I think it's all done in jest because family members, no other family members. And and so uh, in, in a will, you can really put down what you would like to happen to your estate after you've gone. And that's super, super important because there, I know, and I've seen this, I'm sure like everybody else has seen where, you know, what a family member would want, but it's not honored because it's not in writing and it can't be enforced. And then even when sometimes it's, it is in writing, certain things are challenged, but you were talking about, um, so the wills. So what, um, what is a revocable living trust then? Is that similar? or a will and you know you go into that absolutely yes so initially when 
this concept was drafted by attorneys that somebody could leave their assets when they pass away to whomever they wanted to, family members, friends, nonprofits. And what was the mechanism for them to do that? They came up with a will. They usually call it a living will. A living will is something that you can amend while you are still alive. Once a person passes away, it becomes irrevocable and that is it, that you have to carry out the wishes of the will. Now, wills themselves, they are uh, they they will, even though the will itself says, I want my property to go to my dog, okay? <laughs> just, just, just throwing that out there. Well... And I want my husband to carry that out for me after I'm gone. Then now I've set the instructions. However, because it's just a will, all wills will go through probate. You might have heard the word probate, Dali. That is not a, a, a in any place to really be, especially when you've just lost a loved one. The family members will literally now have to go to court and say to court, we have this will and we have these assets and these assets need to be distributed. So that's what a will does. Eventually, the beneficiaries do get the assets, but they have to go through this system called probate. Now, to avoid the whole probate and having the court step in, by the way, in California, probate is taking about two to two and a half years to conclude. Exactly, Joe. On top of that, this is the crazy thing. On top of that, the court takes 20% of the entire estate. So if your estate was worth 1 million or 10 million, they're going to get 20% of that. And that's in court fees and appointing an, an administer to administer the trust and distribute the trust. That's what a will will bring you. So attorneys got together again and said, well, you know, this is becoming very expensive and how do we avoid going to probate and court? So that's why the trust, a living trust was created. Now there's two types of living trust, Dali. There's a revocable trust and then there's an irrevocable. Exactly what they say. A revocable is while you are alive and you're the one that's created the trust, you can change it, you can amend it, you can, you can terminate it. Now, you can create another trust, but you have full control over a revocable trust because it's in your power to do what you want to it. And you're the one that would manage it. You meaning the, the person that set up the trust, usually called a trustee. Now, a irrevocable trust would be exactly that. You are not allowed to revoke the trust. Once it is created, you have a third party manage your trust. That way you've got zero control over it. So in that particular situation, if somebody was going to sue you and you have an irrevocable trust, you literally don't own anything because you have a third party controlling all of your assets. And your assets are protected in, in that respect. Now, now that's that's the difference between the two. However, it's not practical for the the everyday person, husband or wife that work and they need uh, control over their assets, they need control over the bank accounts. And so probably 90% of the time people do create a revocable trust. Okay, wow, that's um, really good to know because... Uh... I hear so many people don't even bother with a will because they find it so complicated and they really just don't know what they should know. Um, so that leads me to my next question, which is, is it true that having a will that you create, say on like legal Zoom, is better than having no will at all? 
<laughs> it depends. That definitely depends. At least you have something in writing to say, again, what your wishes are. At least you have a direction. So in California, there's if you have a living trust, you avoid the whole probate situation. But in very limited circumstances, a trust can be challenged in court. It can be. Okay. And, and again, that's if the beneficiaries want to bring suit. They're not happy with what was left or they feel that this was done, you know, incorrectly or unjustly. They can challenge a living trust. A will itself, again, will go through probate, but at least you have, you leave instructions behind as to who is going to get your estate. So you are correct. Having just a will is better than having no will. And in California, if you don't have a trust or a will, then succession, uh, probate law kicks in and and then it, it's a list of who can who is entitled to your assets usually it's going to be your immediate family you don't have any usually children after children you don't have any your parents you don't have any parents they're all gone then uh, who else would be part of your family and eventually if there's no one left guess who gets your estate darling the government. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So that's why it's crucial to at least have something, even if it's from legal zoom, at least you'll leave in directions. What about a handwritten one with the date and everything? Is that good enough or is it better to just go get it notarized or does it count at all? A handwritten will, it can, there's so much case law on this. Let me just preface by saying that if somebody wanted to challenge it, they could in a heartbeat. Now, at least with a handwritten will, if someone wants to leave their property behind and they're just writing away, well, it's not, it's, it, it, it would be considered more of a letter rather than a will if it's not notarized. Plus, it has to be witnessed by two, by two witnesses that are not mentioned in the will. That's what creates it. Uh, that's what makes it a legal will and a legal document with the two witnesses. Now, there's again, there's case law around this, and I have to share this really quickly because there was um, a case that was brought to, to court. There was a very, very wealthy gentleman that passed away. And uh, he, even though he was, he was in the room signing the two witnesses were in the room at the time when he was going to sign. One of the witnesses got up and walked out. And as soon as the witness came back in, the gentleman had already signed the will. Because that witness didn't physically see the gentleman signing the will, that was considered null and void. So it wasn't held up in court. Exactly. <laughs> so there, there are all these intricacies, right? So you literally have to say to the witnesses, Witness A and witness B, I'm Kelly Bagler. I'm about to sign my will. This is me signing my will. You both watch it. That is, is the extent of making that piece of paper, handwritten note, a will. Wow. Okay. And I've asked a lot of questions so far. So, Joe, do you have a question? Because I do have more. <laughs> well, no, I'm really enjoying your questions. Um, but um, just real quick. So what, what I'm hearing is that in, instead of doing a will, a living trust is really the best option for uh, for people, um, correct? It is. It is absolutely, Joe, because as part of a succession planning, right, that's what we call it, succession planning. And that includes both while you're alive and then when you're gone. So as part of a living trust 
package, if you will, there are several different documents that go along with, with the living trust. So you have the living trust agreement itself. It's usually about 30 to 50 pages. Normally, it could be even longer as well. Yes, that's the living trust agreement. Along with that, you actually have a pour over will that's different from just having a will, a pour over will is basically any personal property, say you, you have a Lamborghini and you forgot to put that in the trust. Well, that will automatically pour into the trust through the pour over will. So that's how that works. The um, other document that is extremely crucial is a power of attorney. A power of attorney will only be uh, valid while the person, the trustee, is alive. Mm. Once the trustee passes away, the power of attorney is null and void. It dies at that time. The power of attorney is a crucial document just in case one becomes incapacitated. Say the trustee becomes incapacitated and they can't make financial decisions for themselves or they're getting to an age where their you know, dementia is kicking in or they're declared they don't have, you know, they're not of sound of mind anymore. So that's where the power of attorney will kick in and the person that you've appointed will make financial decisions on your behalf. The other very important document, and again, this was um, uh, in the news probably about 20 years ago, I want to say, where a, um, a lady was in a car crash and uh, she was declared literally as a vegetable and the family wanted to keep her alive, but the husband said, no, she's gone. She doesn't have quality of life. I want her to go. So this poor lady, you know, just, just, sleeping, I suppose, in a coma, she was, um, you know, the, the two families, the husband and her family members went to court over this because, because you know, she didn't leave any instructions behind. And so it's called a healthcare directive. That's huge. A healthcare directive is, again, someone that can make health decisions for you, communicate with your doctors, and you have the right to, to, to say whether you want to um, be resuscitated or not if you are declared um, brain dead, right? So in those situations, those two documents, the power of attorney and the healthcare directive are extremely important for um, uh, while you are living. The living trust and the will, they'll kick in after you pass. But collectively, it, it's, a, it's a big document. It's something that will avoid probate and your beneficiaries will get their assets uh, immediately. They don't have to wait two and a half years unless you leave instructions to, you know, individualize their assets. But that's usually how it works. Well, that's very interesting. And um, as we run out of time, what I would like to suggest is that we do a part two in another segment because I have a few more questions and Dali has a very long list of questions and our <laughs> audience are coming in with questions. So like, but uh, uh, since we're not, we're out of time. So why don't we do a, a segment two uh, in, a, in a next session in November and cover this part? Because there's other questions that come into mind, like who's going to be the executor of the, of the trust? How, do, how would that work? You know, how do you make that tight, you know, tight, legally tight? Because uh, um, we want to make sure that our families are covered, protected, and what is the easiest you know, what are the fees for that? What are the costs for that? So, so a few more questions that we that we have on the list. 
But uh, um, Deli, I want to get it back to you so we can close the show. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I definitely, yeah, because my next question was going to be just a heads up. What about when you have a business? How does that tie right. into the world? So, I mean, we have a lot to talk about. Fantastic, <laughs> but, Dali. I have answers for you, and I'm oh, more I know. than happy to, <laughs> to continue this to a second, third, and fourth part, too. Uh, awesome. <laughs> thank awesome. you. Thank you so much. Well, everybody, thank you so much for watching. You just watched our legal se segment, which we have every um, Friday after our show. And we have here Joe Molina, our founder, and then we have Kelly Bagla, of course, our expert and attorney at Bagla um, Law Firm. And thanks again for watching, and we'll see you next week. Have a great weekend.